If you're enjoying this Med Prep to Go Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Crush Step 1 podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Dr. Raj, and this is the Med Prep to Go podcast, and I'll be reviewing USMLE Step 1 questions. And today's broad topic, I got to tell you, is everyone's favorite, including my own, which is biochemistry. So we're going over three biochem questions today. And you know what? I already actually took a little preview of these questions. And I got to tell you, these are three high yield, triple star, almost quadruple star questions I know are going to be on your board exams. So to get more of these type of questions, go to our website, www.medpreptogo.com. As a reminder, this is a totally free audio and online question bank. And to learn more about me, Dr. Raj, uh, check out my podcast, which is appropriately named the Dr. Raj podcast, as well as my Beyond the Pearls podcast, which is based on my book series, and I have Morning Report Beyond the Pearls, which is geared towards Step 2 and 3. And I have Case Reports Beyond the Pearls geared towards Step 1. And what always makes me happy is check me out on social media, whether it's going to be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And yeah, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but you probably could catch me on TikTok. <laughs> Anyways, let's go over some really cool biochem questions. So the first one is going to be a 36-year-old uh, man with um, intellectual disability is referred to a vascular surgeon due to the presence of a severe popliteal artery plaque. Uh, on physical exam, the patient is noted to have above average height, and an eye exam reveals downward lens dislocation. So these are going to be obviously some buzzwords here. Laboratory tests reveal elevated uh, methathione and homocysteine levels. Uh, in which of the following is the most likely deficient. So which one's going to be deficient in this patient? Is it going to be A, something called cystathione synthetase? Is it going to be B, homocysteine methyltransferase? C, methathione synthetase? D, vitamin B9? E, vitamin B12? So unfortunately, you know, this is biochem. And even though my jam isn't about memorizing, there's, you just have to do a lot of memorizing when it comes to biochemistry because of enzymes and build up of different products and different, you know, biochemical pathways. So technically, the big thing here is that most of us could kind of 
break it down to, is it going to be A, cisathione synthetase, or B, homocysteine methyltransferase? And the question is, well, which one is going to cause the buildup of both methylthion and homocysteine? And I hear you folks yelling the answer out, which is going to be A, cisathione synthetase. This patient has, it is not synthetase, it's uh, cisathione synthase. Wow. I mean, these words are tongue twisters. Um, this patient has congenital homocysteinuria, evidenced by the classic signs of having a tall habitus. And remember that these patients kind of have a Marfan type look to it. There's downward lens dislocation and intellectual disability. To determine the answer, uh, the pathway of homocysteine and methathion metabolism must be known. The only answer that will raise both uh, methathion and homocysteine levels is cystathionine synthase, an enzyme that catalyzes the first step of the transculturation pathway from homocysteine to cystathionine, which is subsequently converted to cysteine. If you think that's a mouthful, you're 100% correct. Uh, answer choices B, C, D, and E are incorrect. Each of these choices will result in a decrease in methathionine levels. Learning point. A tall patient with Marfan-like figure and downward lens dislocation who has atherosclerosis is indicative of a patient suffering from congenital homocysteinuria when both homocysteine and methathionine levels are elevated. Cystathionine synthase deficiency is present. So know those biochemical pathways. So let's do another one. All right. How about this, oh boy, six-month-old boy is brought by his mother to the pediatrician for evaluation of a new onset of vomiting. The mother states that the infant is vomiting more than usual for the past two weeks, ever since they introduced apple juice to the diet buzzword. That's a classic U.S. assembly buzzword. The infant was born healthy at term with no complications. The mother had routine prenatal care throughout the pregnancy. Physical exam reveals an irritable infant with diffuse jaundice. So that probably may imply there could be some liver damage here. Oh, boy. Or, yes, someone's saying hemolysis, but sure. But definitely liver damage is high on my differential here. Why? We're, we're in the biochem section, right? <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, the best combination of biochemistry is always combining that with the liver. Lab values, including tests, are unremarkable with the exception of hypoglycemia. That's got to be blamed on the liver, right? Because what does the liver do? They do things like gluconeogenesis, making de novo glucose, which just can't be good because when you're a kid, you do not want to be hypoglycemic. I mean, you could die from hypoglycemia. Which of the following enzymes is most likely affected? So, I mean, take out your memorizing caps, folks. Here we go. Is it A, adelase B? Is it B, fructokinase? Is it C, galactokinase? D, galactose 1-phosphate, uridyl transferase, my god, these names, or is it E, lactase? And you know what? Because this is actually something that they love on the board exams, I mean, this is going to be someone who has hereditary fructose intolerance. How do I know that? The apple juice. This is all over all those biochem review books. So the answer is A, Adelaide speed. This infant with recurring vomiting and jaundice occurring when apple juice was introduced has the classic hereditary fructose intolerance, which is caused by deficiency in adelase B. This deficiency causes fructose 1-phosphate to accumulate, 
resulting in decreased available phosphate, leading to the inhibition of gluconeogenesis and glycogenolysis. Other foods that have fructose includes fruits and honey. Treatment, good luck. Um, you know, first you got to make the right diagnosis, and treatment's not easy, is to avoid fructose and sucrose and, and sorbitol. If not avoided, this can definitely lead to a buildup of these substrates in the liver, resulting in cirrhosis and liver failure. Choice B, fructokinase is incorrect. Deficiency of fructokinase causes essential fructosuria, which is a benign asymptomatic condition. Fructose will appear in the blood and urine. Choice C, galactokinase is incorrect. Deficiency in galactokinase is also a very benign condition. However, symptoms may develop such as failure to track objects or failure to develop a social smile. Once again, hard to point out clinically, but classic buzzwords on board exams. Answer choice D, galactose-1-phosphate uridyl transferase is incorrect. Deficiency of galactose-1-phosphate uridyl transferase causes classic galactosemia. This causes an accumulation of uh, galaxital uh, symptoms developed soon after feeding occurs in infants. Symptoms can include, once again, nonspecific failure to thrive, infantile cataracts, which is classic, hepatomegaly, and intellectual disability. Choice E, lactase is incorrect. Deficiency in lactase causes lactose intolerance. Symptoms include bloating, cramps, flatulence, and having an osmotic diarrhea. So what is going to be the, the key learning point in this case is that adolase B deficiency leads to hereditary fructose intolerance, an inborn error of fructose metabolism. Affected individuals are asymptomatic until they ingest fructose, sucrose, or sorbitol. The enzymatic block at adolase B causes an accumulation of fructose 1-phosphate, which has downstream effects on gluconeogenesis and regeneration of you know, adenosine triphosphate, ATP. Uh, symptoms include irritability, vomiting, poor feeding, hypoglycemia, usually because of that liver damage, jaundice, having hemorrhages, and convulsions. So let's do one more. Now, I know it's going to be on your board exams, and I think most of you are going to get this one when I start giving the buzzwords out here. So we have a one-week-old boy is brought in by his mother to the emergency department for evaluation of a new onset of seizures at home. That's just sad. And it occurred about one hour ago, so mom rushed to the ER as she should. The mother states he has vomiting several times a day, meaning that day was vomiting quite a bit and has not been feeding well since yesterday. The infant was born healthy at term without complications. The mother had routine prenatal care throughout the pregnancy. On physical exam, the infant has a weak cry and appears to have low muscle tone. His diaper is notable for a sweet scent. Now that is 20,000 star high yield buzzword right there. Diaper is notable for a sweet scent. Serum and urine amino acid tests are ordered, which confirm the diagnosis. And of course, they're giving you more buzzwords are what are they accumulating. Which of the following amino acids should not be given to this patient? Um, is it going to be A, arginine, B, leucine, C, phenylalanine, D, tryptophan, E, tyrosine? You know, I put this here because I know many of you know it and you have to go over some of the classics on the USMLE. And so this is going to be what? Maple syrup urine disease, classic that sweet scent. And it's caused by buildup of the branch chain amino acids. And which one is a branch chain amino acids of the choices? It's leucine. So the branch chain amino acids include leucine, isoleucine, and uh, valine. Due to the decreased branch chain 
alpha ketoacid dehydrogenase. Presentation includes poor feeding, vomiting, seizures, and most notably, the aroma of maple syrup in the urine. Treatment is thiamine supplementation and restriction of leucine, isoleucine, and valine in the diet. Choice A, arginine is incorrect. Arginine is avoided in those with arginase deficiency. This disorder causes the buildup of arginine and pneumonia in the blood. Presentation includes pork feeding or growth, seizures, and spasticity. The sweet aroma will not be found in those with arginase deficiency. Treatment is with a low-protein diet, arginine restriction, and supplementation with essential amino acids. Choice C, phenylalanine, is incorrect. Phenylalanine is avoided in those with phenylketourea, PKU, another classic thing you should know for the assembly step one. Due to the inability to convert phenylalanine into tyrosine, presentation includes intellectual disability, microcephaly, seizures, hypopigmented skin, and a musty odor. Treatment is by restricting phenylalanine in the diet and supplementing tyrosine. And last, almost last, is choice D, tryptophan. Tryptophan is not a branched-chain amino acid and may be consumed by those with maple syrup urine disease. Choice E, which is the last of the choices, is tyrosine. Tyrosine is not a branched-chain amino acid and may be consumed in those with maple syrup urine disease. So what is the key teaching point here? I mean, maple syrup urine disease, which is triple star high yield for the boards, is caused by a buildup of the branched-chain amino acids leucine, isoleucine, and valine due to decreased branched-chain alpha-ketoacid dehydrogenase. The treatment is thiamine supplementation and restriction of, once again, leucine, isoleucine, and valine in the diet. And I just wanted to throw one extra thing in there so we can take this seriously, is that, you know, we definitely want to make the correct diagnosis very, very early because if it's untreated, it can be life-threatening. You know, I have colleagues or pediatrics who don't see this commonly, but have mentioned that if you don't make the right diagnosis, they could have coma and respiratory failure within the first seven to 10 days, and they could even have death in the first one to two months. So, hey, I hope everyone enjoyed today's uh, questions. And if you want more of these, check out www.medpredgo.com.